Welcome to the Willie Jackson Experiment. I'm your host, the one, the only, Willie Jackson. Alright, so I have a really awesome show for you. Um, I was kind of hanging out and talking with uh, my stepson the other day, and uh, he's real big into uh, mythology. And so... He was like, oh, yeah, you ever done a podcast about uh, Egyptian mythology? And I was like, oh, no, I haven't. So I decided to go ahead and do Egyptian mythology. Um, a really awesome uh, song that I got from a guy named uh, Lestat von Mondicht. And uh, he has a band called After Dark. And the name of the song is called Prophet of the Nile River. So I'm going to go ahead and throw that as my featured song this week. Um, I used uh, See You in History um, for the history audio. So go ahead and jump over and subscribe to those channels. Um, like I say, um, you know, Lasat uh, was a really good song that he did. And uh, his channel is only like 500 and some subscribers. So um, get over there and subscribe. And uh, always trying to find different content here and there um, of different songs that we could throw in and uh, I think he has a really good take on kind of the Egyptian mythology kind of metal like kind of what I wanted to do as like my topic so um, I look for these pretty hard to find like a good metal song because of course we're gonna make America metal again and we're gonna keep America metal again so um, that's kind of our goal that's what we're trying to do and uh, it's a lot of fun doing these every week. Uh, I really appreciate Lars Von Retriever um, every week. He's always having a good impact on this show. And everyone knows my first segment is always the Metal Trump. This week we have a, uh, not a new Metal Trump, but we have a different Metal Trump than we usually do every week. And I always like the Slayer Metal Trump. So I um, always try to get some Slayer. And then, you know, we always go back to when Trump was inaugurated into office. And there was like a lot of people screaming back then. So oh, we might try to throw some of that in this, this time just to try to, you know, laugh at it, look back at it. Um, but it's always a lot of fun for me doing these. Um, I really appreciate all the great reviews I've had. Uh, thanks so much for all my new subscribers, all my new people that have joined and have discovered my podcast. And um, there was just like a load of people that were um, calling me their number one podcast, their top five podcast, their top ten podcast. Really big shout out to all you. I appreciate it. Um, we are just gaining strength in all these uh, different new um you know genres of podcasts that's out there you know and i think i try to put these together as something a little bit different that you guys don't hear every week on different podcasters and i try to um come up with different topics that uh, maybe other people haven't really covered so um you know hit me up on my podcast page uh the willie jackerson experiment on facebook and you can direct message me and uh, I've done I probably had at least 10 to 15 requests this year which was really awesome like people every time people give me a request I run it so it's a lot of fun I really enjoy doing that um, when people give me ideas 
uh, I not only run them as um, uh, an original topic, but I also uh, find some metal to toss in there. So appreciate you guys joining me every week. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. And I will see you guys again next week. And remember, make America metal again and make every day an easy day. Peace. Trump is now president of the United States. Make America Middle. again, but very shortly, we're going to be changing that logo to Keep America Metal. Auschwitz. The meaning of pain, the way that I, I want you to die. Slow death. Immense decay. Showers at lens. Give your life. Force in. Like cattle, you run. Strip off your life's worth. Human mice. For the age of death, 400,000 to die. Nature of death. Monarch of the kingdom of the dead. Sadistic. Surgeon of demise. Sadist of the noblest blood. Destroying without mercy. The benefit. The Aryan race. Surgery. With no anesthesia. Feel the knife pierce you intensely. And hearing. No abuse of mankind. Clap down screaming out to die. Nature of death. The kingdom of the dead, infamous butchered angel of death. God bless you and good night. I love you. Out of all the civilizations that we have covered on mythology in minutes, Egyptians had the most complex structure for gods and goddesses. While there are hundreds of deities in the Egyptian mythology, their importance fell or grew based on the advancement of the civilization and society. I'm going to tell you about the 11 most prominent gods and goddesses in the Egyptian mythology. Number 1. Osiris Osiris, the god of the underworld, was one of Egypt's most significant deities. He also represented death rebirth, and the Nile flood cycle, which Egypt relied on for agricultural fertility. Osiris was a king of Egypt who was assassinated and dismembered by his brother Seth, according to legend. His wife, Isis, restored him and rebuilt his body, allowing them to have a son, the god Horus. He was depicted as a mummified king, with only the green skin of his hands and face showing through the wrappings. Number 2. Isis The origins of Isis are obscure. Unlike many gods, she can't be tied to a specific town, and there are no certain mentions of her in the earliest Egyptian literature. Over time she grew in importance, though, eventually becoming the most important goddess in the pantheon. As the devoted wife who resurrected Osiris after his murder and raised their son, Horus, Isis embodied the traditional Egyptian virtues of a wife and mother. As the wife of the god of the underworld, Isis was also one of the main deities concerned with rites for the dead. Along with her sister Nephthys, Isis acted as a divine mourner, 
and her maternal care was often depicted as extending to the dead in the underworld. Isis was one of the last of the ancient Egyptian gods to still be worshipped. In the Greco-Roman period she was identified with the Greek goddess Aphrodite, and her cult spread as far west as Great Britain and as far east as Afghanistan. It is believed that depictions of Isis with the infant Horus influenced Christian imagery of Mary with the infant Jesus. Number 3. Horus, depicted as a falcon or as a man with a falcon's head. Horus was a sky god associated with war and hunting. He was also the embodiment of the divine kingship, and in some eras the reigning king was considered to be a manifestation of Horus. According to the Osiris myth, Horus was the son of Isis and Osiris, magically conceived after the murder of Osiris by his brother Seth. Horus was raised to avenge his father's murder. One tradition holds that Horus lost his left eye fighting with Seth, but his eye was magically healed by the god Thoth, because the right and left eyes of Horus were associated, respectively. With the sun and the moon, the loss and restoration of Horus's left eye gave a mythical explanation for the phases of the moon. Number 4. Seth Seth was the god of chaos, violence, deserts, and storms. In the Osiris myth, he is the murderer of Osiris. Seth's appearance poses a problem for Egyptologists. He is often depicted as an animal or as a human with the head of an animal. But they can't figure out what animal he's supposed to be. He usually has a long snout and long ears that are squared at the tips. In his fully animal form, he has a thin dog-like body and a straight tail with a tuft on the end. Many scholars now believe that no such animal ever existed and that the Seth animal is some sort of mythical composite. Number 5. Ta Ta was the head of a triad of gods worshipped at Memphis. The other two members of the triad were Ta's wife, the lion-headed goddess Sekhmet, and the god Nephardim, who may have been the couple's son. Ta's original association seems to have been with craftsmen and builders. The fourth dynasty architect Imhotep was deified after his death as a son of Ta. Scholars have suggested that the Greek word Egyptos, the source of the name Egypt, may have started as a corruption of HWT Ka Ta, the name of one of Ta's shrines. Number 6. Re One of several deities associated with the sun. The god Re was usually represented with a human body and the head of a hawk. It was believed that he sailed across the sky in a boat each day, and then made a passage through the underworld each night, during which he would have to defeat the snake god Apopis in order to rise again. Re's cult was centered in Heliopolis, now a suburb of Cairo. Over time, Re came to be syncretized with other sun deities, especially Ammon. Number 7. Hathor The goddess Hathor was usually depicted as a cow, as a woman with the head of a cow, or as a woman with cow's ears. Hathor embodied motherhood and fertility and it was believed that she protected women in childbirth. She also had an important funerary aspect, being known as the Lady of the West. In some traditions, she would welcome the setting sun every night. Living people hoped to be welcomed into the afterlife in the same way. If you liked this video, please subscribe to Mythology in Minutes and like this video as it helps our channel grow. Head over to our channel for more videos on mythology from around the world. See you next time.
was nothing. The universe consisted of a great chaotic ocean, and Ben-Ben emerged amid this primal chaos. Ben-Ben was a huge pyramidal mound. There was a lotus flower with Ben-Ben, and this, when it blossomed, brought the god Ra to the world, and light came with him. Ra by himself generated the first generations of gods. Shu, the god of the air, and Tefnut, the goddess of rain, were born. The universe was enwrapped by a vast mass of primordial waters. Shu and Tefnut plunged into the waters to explore its immensity. Ra felt afflicted after realizing that their children were taking a long time to return, and fearing never seeing them again, he sent his best messenger to find them. Shu and Tefnut returned safe and sound, and Ra's joy was so immense that human beings were born from his tears. After returning, their children generated in turn Geb, the god of the earth, and Nut, the goddess of the sky, and thus the sky and the earth were created. The great god Ra sovereignly ruled the universe power, and he was awarded the title of the first pharaoh. The god gifted Egypt with several sacred animals like the ox and the lion, but his greatest offering was the creation of the Nile River. Around its shores, men would edify a civilization glorifying the gods. But Ra 
had a premonition that his grandchildren would give birth to a new generation of gods who would put an end to his reign. And so the great god forbade the sky and the earth to have any offspring whatsoever. But Newt and Geb disobeyed and gave rise to a powerful offspring, Isis, Neft, Seth, and Osiris. They dethroned Ra, and Osiris started to reign over the world. But the new god's throne was not safe, because his brother Seth was eager to take all power for himself. And so the saga of Egyptian gods began. After deposing the god Ra, the deity who gave origin to the Egyptian world, Osiris became the new god of the universe. The new supreme god took the goddess Isis as his wife and started a reign of great prosperity. Osiris brought civilization to men, who until that point lived quite primitively. The god taught them agriculture, weaving, and how to make bread. Besides that, he decreed the use of laws, which would give order to chaos. The Egyptian civilization began to flourish under the reign of the benevolent god Osiris. However, Osiris had a powerful and ambitious brother, Seth. His kingdom stood in the arid desert around Egypt, and so he was jealous of his brother, who had a fertile and prosperous kingdom. Osiris had an affair with Nephthys, Seth's wife, and Anubis, the god of the dead, emerged from this union. Angered by his brother's betrayal, Seth prepared his revenge. The god of the dry lands and personification of evil invited Osiris for a great feast in his honor. During the feast, Seth gifted the guests with a beautiful coffin and said he would offer it to the one who fit into it perfectly. Osiris decided to try it and, immediately after settling in, Seth closed the coffin, trapping the god. The evil god threw the coffin into the Nile, drowning the supreme god. Isis wept profoundly after losing her beloved husband, and these tears poured into the Nile River, giving rise to its traditional floods. The goddess and her sister Nephthys looked for Osiris's body, and Isis, after finding it, tried to hide it. But Seth spotted it nonetheless, and smashed it into 42 pieces, spreading them throughout Egypt. Isis, with Anubis's help, managed to recover the pieces and, under the guidance of the god of the dead, she mummified Osiris. Using her divine powers, the goddess was able to resurrect her love, but Osiris would now reign over the world of the dead. After coming back to life, Osiris had a son with Isis. His name was Horus, and he swore he would defeat Seth, the usurper of the throne that was his by right. Seth, the god of destruction, had murdered Osiris, the god who reigned supreme in Egyptian mythology. Set took the throne from his brother for himself and unleashed his reign of terror. Nevertheless, Osiris had generated an heir together with the goddess Isis. His name was Horus. This was a falcon god, whose prophecy said that he would reign over the skies and would bring the light back to Egypt, ending the darkness brought by Set. Horus, already an adult, decided to claim his throne, which had been usurped by his uncle. 
the contention is judged by the gods, while the court, presided over by the sun god Ra, decided who would be worthy to sit on the throne. A series of clashes between Set and Horus had begun. Set had Ra's sympathy, since the usurper protected the sun god from the serpent Apophis, while the latter crossed the skies. Set proposed a challenge to Horus. Both would have to transform themselves into hippos and should be submerged for three months. Horus relied on his mother, the goddess Isis, to take advantage of Set's vulnerability to kill him. The goddess felt sympathy for Set and could not kill him. This betrayal enraged Horus, who then attacked his mother, cutting off her head. The god Toth, the deity of knowledge, saved the goddess, replacing the severed head with a cow's head. The clash between Set and Horus continued for many years. When fighting in the desert, Set managed to pluck Horus's eyes. Due to Hathor's help, the goddess of love, Horus had his vision restored. The court of gods demanded a reconciliation between Set and Horus. The evil god, pretending to be benevolent, invited Horus for a feast in his palace. During the night, Set tried to abuse his nephew, making him unworthy to the throne. However, Horus managed to defend himself and prevented the god's poisonous seed. Horus decided to take revenge and, with the help of the goddess Isis, the god placed his divine seed in lettuce leaves, which were then offered to Set by the goddess Isis. The god of barren deserts ate the contaminated lettuce. Poisoned, Set started to deteriorate in front of everyone, and a golden disc emerged in his forehead. Thoth grabbed the bright disc and ingrained it in her own head. Seth had been humiliated, and that was when, after 80 years, the court granted Horus the throne that was his by right. Isis couldn't be more proud to see her son, with Osiris assuming the father's throne. Seth's fate was to travel with Ra, the sun god of the skies, and his enraged screams could be heard with thunder. And so, Horus's reign over Egypt began, and all the pharaohs who one day reigned over Egypt were among his descendants. Ra is the sun god in Egyptian mythology. This god is usually depicted as a being with a man's body and a head of a falcon. The sun disk is over his head. He had been one day the greatest of all gods, but time wore him down and, finding himself too old, he decided to relinquish the power and go to the skies. This god is one of the most revered figures in Egyptian mythology. As the sun god, one of his duties was to drive away the darkness. And to accomplish his work, the god crossed the skies on his sunboat, lighting the whole world. But when the twilight came, he and his vessel plunged into the sea waters towards the underworld. There he would have to sail through the dark world and cross the twelve gates, which would be the twelve regions of the netherworld. Ra took an hour to go through each gate. Osiris was in one of them, the lord of the underworld, whom Ra always visited to pay his respects. But before leaving the underworld's darkness, the god was attacked by the terrible snake Apophis. This force of chaos tried to destroy the god's vessel, and each day the serpent seemed closer to accomplish her desire. Apophis once managed to swallow the sunboat, putting an end to the sunlight in the morning. 
but the serpent failed to hold the god in her stomach and regurgitated him. This event was marked as a solar eclipse. However, destroying Ra's boat became more difficult, since Set, the god of destruction, after losing the dispute of the supreme throne for Horus, had been condemned to navigate with Ra across the skies. He helped the sun god, defending his vessel against the terrible serpent, defeating it several times, making Ra's underworld journey safer. The god Ra was a figure worshipped throughout Egypt, but this god was especially adored in the city of Heliopolis. The god's prestige was so vast that other traditions of Egyptian religions of antiquity merged the god's depiction along with the greatest figure of their own pantheons. For instance, the figures of the supreme gods Amun and Atum were also known as Amun-Ra and Atum-Ra. The god's name was used by many pharaohs. Ramses is a well-known example. His name means son of Ra, or the son of sun, and so the pharaoh would strengthen his divinity before his subjects. Anubis, the god with a jackal head, is a deity of the Egyptian mythology connected to life after death. The god is one of the most ancient Egyptian deities, and therefore his role changed as the centuries went by. Anubis was already considered the main deity linked to death and the underworld's god, but this role was transferred to the god Osiris. The jackal god was also considered the god of embalming and mummifications. In funeral rites, it was common to see a priest wearing a jackal mask during the mummification process. The god was also considered as the protector of tombs and cemeteries, therefore protecting the bodies of those who went to the underworld. Anubis is the son of the goddess Nephthys, wife of Set. But his son was not born of the union with her husband, since Nephthys had been disguised as the goddess Isis, and so she mingled with Osiris. Set, coming to terms with that act of disloyalty, plotted against Osiris, killing him and scattering his body parts throughout Egypt. After Isis gathered all the parts, Anubis helped the goddess during the god's funeral ritual. So Anubis transformed the body of Osiris into the first mummy. Anubis became the deity that led the spirit of the dead to the underworld, where the dead would be judged by a court presided over by Anubis. The god placed the deceased's heart in Osiris's scale and the feather of truth on the other side. If the heart was heavier than the feather, it indicated that it was full of wickedness. He was then delivered to Amit, a demonic creature known as the heart devourer. If the feather was heavier than the light heart of the soul of the righteous and good, Anubis would take the person to Osiris and the deceased stepped into life after death. In the period of Greek rule over Egypt, the god Anubis was associated with Hermes, which in Greek mythology is also a deity that led souls to the underworld. This association gave rise to a deity called Hermanubis, which became popular during the period of Roman rule. Anubis is certainly one of the most popular divinities in Egyptian mythology, the god accountable to lead souls to the afterlife. Bastet is the cat goddess in Egyptian mythology, depicted as having a woman's body with a cat's head. The Egyptians devoted great honors to cats. 
they were considered sacred animals. The felines had a meaningful role in the Egyptian world since, thanks to them, their food was safe from rodent infestations. Also, cats could scare treacherous, poisonous snakes. Bastet is a goddess associated with the sun and, because of that, the goddess followed Ra during the day in his solar boat, crossing through the skies. At night, the goddess turned into a cat and, attentive, the goddess protected the world against the dreadful serpent Apophis. The goddess was worshipped throughout Egypt. Doing harm to any cat was a terrible sacrilege. The author of such a violent act could be punished with death. Cats were seen as family members, and according to some reports, whenever a house was set ablaze, the cats entered the burning house to help their residents escape the fire. Sometimes, these cats appeared to be dead in the flames, but they returned to life thanks to the goddess Bastet, emphasizing the popular saying of a nine-life cat. For being sacred animals, cats were mummified, and Egypt has cemeteries dedicated to these animal mummies. According to some versions, the goddess Bastet is linked to Sekhmet, the lion goddess. This goddess was violent and bloodthirsty, but was tamed, becoming a gentle and milk-drinking cat goddess. In other versions, Bastet and Sekhmet were sisters and Ra's daughters. Even after the end of the worship of the Egyptian gods, cats to this day continue to look men up and down, hoping to have their deity acknowledged again.